Welcome in to Tailgate. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati. Can we start with your sweatshirt? I think sure. it's one of the coolest birthday gifts you've ever got. That is exactly what your dog looks like. That is. It's a, I mean, it's his face was utilized as the model for said sweatshirt, but I thought it came out awesome. It does. It looks exactly like your dog. I mean, he's got a unique mug to him. He's got like an underbite. Like, yeah, and he's got an underbite that you kind of see right there. They got a little teeth on it. It's pretty, it's pretty dope. I'm going to be wearing it a lot. I'll just That's, say. It's fantastic. Who got it for you? Via, my girlfriend. Wow. Well, I had to give her a shout out. You didn't shout her out. I was like, dude, you give her a chance. Give her a chance. Uh, that's awesome. Other things on the Catch and Only Buzz here. And today we're going to go over the best landing spots for rookies. Going to play some Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year bets. Uh, also going to look at some over-unders for the receivers. Those are out. Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, etc. And then something I want to do, I, I pitched you this morning, ranking these situations of second-year quarterbacks. Because I think it's interesting. I, I think how teams have handled some of this stuff, I think it's, it's, it's good. So I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, we did not do the fun to read and save your like segment on Monday's pod. We ran long, so we'll get to that as well. Catch and buzz. I was on the Chris Collinsworth podcast today. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. And then I was on the Mina Kimes podcast today. Oh, just big wigging over here. Rubbing I'm in my shoulders. bag. Just, I'm in my bag. I mean, it's, it, you should look at it as there, it was their honor to have you on. Like they, they, they should be bragging about having you on. Mina Kimes did at the end. So if you haven't listened to Mina Kimes' podcast, I encourage you to do so. At the end of every pod, she has Lenny, her dog, ask a question, which is yeah. usually a dunk on you. Yeah. She said, was the mustache a bet? And why do you still have it, essentially? It was not an easy question for me to answer. I don't remember what initially brought the mustache on. But it's a failed joke is what it is. Yeah. It's a decision. Yeah, it's it's probably time. I, I do like the full beard look more though. Yeah, like, I have gotten a little scruffy. Maybe I'll keep full it. Full beard. It's weird when you get it all the same length. Yeah. When you get it all the same length, I feel like if you put the trim the mustache to the same length, I think mm. that would be a better play. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll maybe the Kimes, Kimes podcast will change everything. Um, rookie landing spots. You wrote an article for pff.com highlighting some of the best rookie landing spots. Where do you want to start here? Let's just go position by position and highlight. Uh, I'll say a guy that I thought had a really good spot. You can say a guy that you thought had a really good spot. We can mm -hmm. say multiple guys if you're so inclined yeah. that had really good spots. But I just think, you know, we talk about draft in a vacuum prior, and it's like here's the board, but it doesn't apply to every single team. Like if I was, and I say it all the time, for this team, if I was picking here, I would leap the frog this guy over that guy on my board because of how they operate, that sort of thing. So I do think that. A vast majority of success in the NFL obviously is still talent-based, obviously still falls on your own shoulders. But a good portion falls to where you go. Situation. And so if you go to a good situation, that can help. That can be the difference. We had Jordan Palmer on this podcast, and he talked a lot about specifically situation for quarterback. And even JT O'Sullivan, who's been on this mm -hmm. show, and said, dude, if the situation is everything. And I think it's more than just quarterback. Like receiver, it matters. Offensive line, the scheme you go in, it matters. You know, cornerback, it matters, all yes. that stuff. So let's start with quarterback then. Who is your ideal fit? Who landed in the biggest ideal fit? Biggest I, ideal, I don't think makes sense. I, I, most most ideal? ideal? Idealist? Mm. One of those two. Uh, to me, I thought the way it went down with all these guys kind of going to be backups, besides Kenny Pickett, obviously, was the best thing that could happen for them for their long-term career projections. Now, from a short-term money-making perspective, not, not as much. But in terms of all these guys needed some seasoning. So I like it for Sam Howell and in Washington and the fact that he can almost usurp at times. If he, if he comes good, usurp a guy who's really not – they're really not that committed to. After this season, he has no 
dead cap hit if they cut Carson Wentz in Washington. So he could op- he could easily be the guy there. Malik Willis in Tennessee. I-, I think he has a very good chance of them trading Tannehill next offseason and him then becoming the guy after that. Or two years from now, them either tagging him or doing something because he's only his deal's only two more years left, and then being the guy in year three. But I think the one who has to be seen as the winner is Bailey Zappi going to New England, which is their history, and obviously Tom Brady's not there anymore, but their history of backup quarterbacks sticking. At, at, not, not necessarily becoming good, but staying in the NFL for a long, long time. That's a good take. I think has to be seen as a win for him. He also profiles as a career backup, and if Mac Jones yeah. Mac Jones hits as they expect him to hit, he could be you know a career mm-hmm. backup behind Mac Jones. I think that one's not one. If you brought up ideal situations to others, they'd say that. You know, I'm glad you didn't bring up Matt Corral. I don't think Corral landed in a good spot. I, I I, being in Carolina, I think there's a good chance that Fitterer and Ruler are out. That's and the then thing. at that point, you're done. You know, if you if there's no allegiance to the front, you know, the team that brought you in, there could be some situations where you're not going to stay there long. I like the Sam Howell fit. I like the Malik Willis fit as well. No Ritter though. Ritter in Atlanta. I like, okay. He yeah. comps very well to what Marcus Mariota offers. If they build that offense around Mariota, I think it's going to be something that Ritter can play in as well. I, I think that's a good comparison too. And he could sit behind Mariota all year. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, Cardinals are in a better situation the following season. Maybe Calvin Ridley comes back or whatever. Maybe there's um, some opportunity for Desmond Ritter. I like that fit as well. Running back. It's obvious. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Brees Hall goes to a spot where he's a starter immediately. The other running backs coming off the board, maybe Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker's the starter in Seattle, but you have to think Rashad Penny gets some of the carries there. And if Chris Carson, the injury keeps him from ever coming back, he's off the board. But Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker, I imagine, is much more of a committee than Brees Hall and Michael Carter. I think Brees Hall is going to come in and play a high percentage of snaps. And also the O-line. You got two rookie tackles in Seattle. You, you got a bad O-line. New Fair. York very well could be should everyone play to their you know potential top 10 o-line it could be there's that kind of talent there in new york to where Brees just went to a perfect situation for playing time offensive line obviously a scheme that has commitment to the running game i do think Brees hall landed in an ideal situation i will also throw in rashad white though going to tampa bay i do think that as the pass catching back there he's going to see some run and could even I'm not going to say he's going to challenge Leonard Fournette for carries, but that guy, that's that's where you would want him to go. I also like Zamir White to Buffalo, yeah. uh, especially he after Las Vegas. Or not, not who am I thinking of? James Cook. Okay. James Cook to Buffalo. Yeah. And how I think Brandon Bean talked about him after he's like he's a receiver, I and mean, I can bring him in, and he can be a pass catching back that Zach Moss isn't, and Devin Singletary isn't. Yeah. So drafting complementary skill sets with where they got him to, I, I think he was a good value and also a good fit for the Buffalo Bills. On to Wide receiver. Andy Reid called Sky Moore and said, Hey, we know you think you're going to be good in this offense. How are you feeling? He's like, Yeah, I'm going to refer to it. I, I think they know that this is you know, one of the best fits for him. And, and honestly, I think he's going to immediately come in and be a high volume player. Yeah, more. We, we don't even have to talk more about it. We've, it's that could not have gone. Truthfully, I don't think there's a better situation for him in the NFL to go mm-hmm. to than Kansas City. So obviously, going to love that one. But I like Jalen Tolbert to Dallas. I think with the way they operate that offense with kind of static roles, he can fill Amari Cooper's static. He can fill that role in that offense. Now, is he going to be Amari Cooper? No, but that's an, a place where he's very, like that is his skill set is replicable of what Amari Cooper did, or at least the role that he played in that offense. Chris Olave to New Orleans. I mean, it's why they identified Olave as the guy all along. 
is because he is the complementary skill set to Michael Thomas. He is the vertical threat that they have not had, that they wanted Marquez Callaway to be, but could not be, that they wanted uh, the other UCF wide receiver there that's escaping my name, my name escaped me right now to be, but couldn't be. So Chris Olave, definitely great. Oh, Traquan Smith. Yeah, Traquan Smith. And then Drake London to the Falcons. Another one where Arthur Smith, that offense, he can be the A.J. Brown there. I'll mention one. A.J. Brown of the Eagles. A.J. <laughs> Brown coming in to play the short and intermediate levels of the football field for a Philly team that has two vertical threats, right? Two straight line guys. And Devontae Smith can do anything you want, but he's going to play on the outside. You can put A.J. Brown in the slot and have a lot of success. Jalen Rager can play on the outside and, and stretch the field vertically. I think A.J. Brown lands a good spot as well. Uh, a fit I didn't like, hated almost, and it's the reason I was lower on the Giants. The Giants draft is Wandell. Wandell going to the Giants just didn't make a lot of sense. Like and, have- and Jahan Dawson going to the Commanders to me. He's just redundant to two guys on that roster already. I don't know. But anyway, on to tight end. I I didn't want to get to the negative side of this. It was (laughs) going to send me down a rabbit hole that I didn't want to go down. Tight end. This one's interesting because not a lot of them were highly drafted. Um, And and the ones that were highly drafted, like Dulcich goes to a place where Russell Willis just hasn't thrown tight ends. You have McBride McBride goes to a backup tight end role. So got to go a little down the board. I thought, I think I've said this before, Daniel Bellinger went to an ideal situation with the Giants where no talent on the depth chart to speak of. Brian Dable turned Dawson Knox into a viable option at tight end in that offense who was just an athlete with no production coming out of college. So from that perspective, that's Bellinger. Athlete, no production at San Diego State. I think he can find a role with the Giants. I also like Chigakonkwell going to the Titans. A lot of the same stuff, just a similar yak skill set to a Janu Smith, who obviously left last year. And then Jeremy Rucker to the Jets. Uh, they did sign Uzama this offseason. I think he's more of a complimentary number two that can see a role in that offense. I can get on board with San Diego State legend Daniel Bellinger as an ideal fit for the Giants, especially after losing Evan Ingram, like you said. Mm-hmm. Bernard Raymond, the Indianapolis Colts, probably the best tackle fit but i also want to highlight and you have fall lele here you have trevor penning here Abraham lucas going to the seahawks i thought was good value and a good landing spot especially after drafting another air raid offensive tackle at nine right yeah. you're gonna ask cross lucas to apparently do a lot of the same thing so getting cross and lucas i thought um those were good landing spots as well yeah with raymond easy-ish path to the field matt priors obviously there and started some last year but not going to stop him from winning that job should he pl- pl- be playing well and then quentin nelson Play next Quentin Nelson. That's a nice early on gig in your NFL career to help you out a little. And then Falale, going to that offense, that's going to ask probably the least of you in pass protection of any offense in the Orlando NFL. Orlando Brown. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the least sort of requires the least foot movement, the, the least athletic feats, the least agility. I don't even know how, what the hell I'm saying here. But basically the things he is bad at, the things you worry about with him, it requires the least of of any offense in the NFL, so could not have gone to a better situation for him to develop. Yeah, it's wild to think about what they've invested in Baltimore specifically in the offensive line. And like, you have Ben Cleveland. They throw in the Lele. kitchen sink. Yeah, oh, dude, Ben Cleveland. Like, they they have monsters, horses. and then Linderbaum's in the middle, just tiny as hell. They could legitimately field. I mean, like it looks like a world's strongest man competition with their offensive line right now with some of those dudes. Just. Onto guard. Ridiculous. Is this the most positive analysis we've had on Cole Strange? You have Cole yeah. Strange as the ideal landing spot for uh, the guard position. Yes. Yeah. I 
I do think that with obviously how New England schemes their offense, like tighter splits for their O-line, r- real phone boothy with how they treat their interior or just like their offensive line in general. They don't play in a ton of space. They're going to use tight ends. It's going to be compacted. And they're going to let guys just try to move the line of scrimmage. And if strange for his sort of, you know, w- strengths and weaknesses profile, his strengths are being able to move dudes off the line of scrimmage because he's explosive as hell. I mean, he had the best broad jump of any lineman in this class. So I do think he went to a great spot for him and probably offers maybe a little more versatility than a Shaq Mason did. I also think Luke Gedeke going to Tampa Bay was a great fit. And then Jamari Salyer to the Chargers, if he's going to fall, he fell to a place where he may still start yeah. year one. And obviously yeah, he did fall because of injuries. I got word on that. but Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but he is, I mean, when healthy, he'd be one of their starting guards right now. Center Cam Jurgens, who I think everyone's identified as that one's like not perfect. Even close. Yeah, this perfect replacement for what Travis Kelsey or I always say Travis Jason Kelsey is the center there for Philadelphia. Currently, I'm interested because you have in the honorable mention section Linderbaum to Baltimore. I got the Kimes podcast. She's like, is it not concerning that he only has 100 career gap snaps? I, I, what's your take there? It's not concerning to me. I, I mean, watching him fire off the line, the way he can gain leverage, he can move the line of scrimmage. What was concerning to me, like if there was any worry about Linderbaum it would have been going to a scheme that put some ISO and pass pro more. That's where I had worries about Linderbaum translating to the next level. It wasn't, can he move the line of scrimmage? Because he can. I mean, he's a very explosive dude. And I mean, he got up to 300. Like, he is now 300 pounds, which there are centers across the NFL playing at that. So I, that's not the worry to me. It is the length showing up in isolation and pass protection that he's going to a scheme where, again, you're not going to get ISO in pass pro. It is It protects their guys with with you know play action with multiple tight ends with how they operate that offense more than any in the nfl so it's not going to ask as much of him from a pass protection standpoint and then in just a pure run blocker uh, again gap snap stuff to me is far far overblown in terms of what he can bring to the table face physically defensive tackle i think i love the value all these teams got the three you have mentioned jordan davis is the one jordan davis going to philly at 13 like where they picked him. Travis Jones was one of the steals of the draft mm-hmm. going to the Baltimore Ravens, I think at 76. And even Logan Hall, who I think we had a little bit lower than 33, still top of day two for the Bucks, getting Logan Hall to Houston interior defensive lineman. All three of those guys not were just values, but I think, uh, uh, like you're highlighting here, really good fits. I do think a lot of the defensive tackles went to good spots for them. And I'd even throw Devontae Wyatt in with that, in that he's going to be allowed a little more freedom in Green Bay than it was at Georgia. So all of those guys, all the top DTs, in my opinion, went to places where they, they have an easy path to the football field with a clear cut rule that mm-hmm. could be successful for them. So uh, I struggled to really pinpoint any of the DTs. That I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that's going to end up for them. I'm really excited to see how this Baltimore Ravens draft pans out because yeah. everyone and their mother likes it. Like every, it, 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 it's one of the consensus best drafts when media view with the draft grades and stuff like that because they just drafted a bunch of players that we would have drafted in those spots. You know, even with the punter pick, right? A lot of people really like what the Baltimore Ravens did. I think we gave it an A plus as well, and that includes Travis Jones going to the Ravens. Edge, you have highlighted George Karloftis. I'd argue Aiden Hutchinson to the hometown Detroit Lions is the most ideal fit, man. I mean, that is insane yeah. uh, for the Detroit Lions. Did you see the report? that the NFL got mad at Detroit for how quickly they sprinted the card in for Aiden Hutchinson. That was fantastic. That's amazing. It's amazing. Aiden Hutchinson goes to Lions. I think that's my favorite fit. And you have here Carl Loftus and then Kingsley and Agbari as the mentions. 
Yes. So an egg breed goes to a place where you can develop behind similarly long edge rushers, like these 34, 35 inch arms guys who are, and specifically Preston Smith, who had like a nearly identical physical profile coming out in terms of what he brings to the table. So that I like that for him. But Karloftis, what was your comp pre-draft Karloftis? I had Justin Tuck. Justin Tuck's two highest graded seasons in his NFL career was with Steve Spagnuolo in 2007-2008. Only go. two years he played under Steve Spagnuolo. Just throw it out there. I like that. So the versatility, the inside-outside rushing stuff, Spagnuolo's going to utilize it. I have full faith, and I think he starts right away in that Kansas City Chiefs defense. So. Dude, I'm stoked. I'm stoked on Karloftis going at 30 to the Chiefs. Cornerback. Yeah. Uh, Sauce Gardner, it's not close. Not close. It, it, it's exactly what the Jets want to do. He's one of the best players in this draft to get him at four. It, it's perfect. You have honorable mentions as well. Cam Taylor Britt, the Nebraska corner going to Cincinnati, and then Joshua Williams going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So Taylor Britt is so versatile and brings a physicality to the position that just different than Eli Apple. So I'll just say that. So he goes to a spot where – that versatility is going to be coveted. That's going to be employed. And I think he could even steal Eli Apple's job here shortly. And then Joshua Williams, the Fayetteville State corner, press monster. His press technique at the Senior Bowl for a guy who played D2 competition stood out like a sore thumb. Like it was impressive to think about, you know, what he could be with NFL coaching with more reps against top competition because he was already so good at the line. And again, like 32-inch arms, has the skill set to do so, goes to a spot where that's what he's going to do with the Chiefs. That's pretty much probably all he's going to do with the Chiefs when he's there. So love all three of those fits. All righty. Before we get into – no, we have a, one more fit. Safety. Safety. You have JT Woods, Baylor safety, going to the Los Angeles Chargers as your favorite fit for the safety position. And then Kyle Hamilton – how is that not one with Mike McDonald coming to Baltimore? He wants to run more press quarters, too high. That, you can't I, go wrong with either. I, I think Hamilton might be the fit. And then Petrie, I like Petrie too. I, I mean, all these are great. Uh, yeah, and so Petrie going to, yeah, uh, the Woods and Hamilton one's self-explanatory. I, I believe I went over the Woods one the other day. Like, you going to a defense where you won't be in the box as much. You, you will be this too high. And it's not that they don't have run responsibilities whatsoever, but it's like clean up run responsibilities. It's not – Let's go take on this tight end at the line of scrimmage. That's going to be Derwin James doing that. He's Derwin James going to be playing like linebacker this year with the safeties they drafted. So the Petrie one, though, a lot of – so I would love him as like the cover two runner. Like they – you know how the Chiefs would use Tyron Matthew to run the alley in cover two. I would love to see Petrie get some of those looks because I think he has that kind of versatility and has that kind of – you know, ability to see the football field from that position. Um, I, I just think he offers a lot to a zone heavy scheme there in Houston. Wow. Ideal fits. That was a fun exercise. I like yeah. going through that. And I think that's awesome for Patriots fans because they love hearing some positivity about Cole Strange there. Um, Got him. Before we get to offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and some over-under bets for these rookies, I wanted to highlight a new sponsor of Tailgate. It's Sunday. Does your lawn have weeds, bear patches, or pet spots? Sunday can help you solve all these problems and more the easy way. They've got everything you need from fertilizer to seeds to weed control, and it's all delivered right to your door. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. I'm learning a lot through this read because I don't have a lawn and have never had a lawn. I just don't know what your lawn needs are. 
Their custom plans include fertilizer and everything you need to easily care for your lawn. You can feel good with kids and pets being around. Does Quinn, do you have a lawn? Is this taken to you? You like this? I think he likes this. He's nodding back there. Just attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray it. It's less than 15 minutes. And Sunday is offering our listeners, Tailgate, 20% off. Full season plans start at just 129 bucks, and you can get 20% off at checkout when you go to Sunday. No, GetSunday.com, not Sunday.com, GetSunday.com slash tailgate. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash tailgate. I'm really interested in Get Sunday because, one, they're just named Sunday. So does everyone shave their lawn? Shave their lawn? <laughs> does anyone everyone mow their lawn on Sundays? That's got to be why they attracted the name. And then I just didn't know the pain points of having a lawn. And it sounds like Get Sunday's got what you exactly need. All right. I had a place with a lawn. Dude, it sucks. So I have to keep up a lawn. Once. I had it for a year. I wasn't years. one of those kids that like got 20 bucks to like mow other people's lawns. When we were in college, we all had a house and there was like, That's we paid like monthly for someone to come in and just do it all. No, I had to do it myself and it was awful, dude. Oh. Well, getsunday.com slash tailgate for your previous life. All right. Rookies. Now, offense rookie of the year. I'm going to read off the market right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. Kenny Pickett is the favorite. He wasn't right after the draft, which I was telling people in the office at plus 600 as the non-favorite that you should bet that because quarterbacks always win this award. Justin Herbert won it when Jamar Chase broke Randy Moss's receiving yards record, yeah. right? You Or not Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase's receiving yards record. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's receiving yards record. Um, even when Josh Jacobs went off his rookie season, they gave it to Kyler Murray. Like, it is a quarterback-driven award. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this past year with Jamar Chase, he kind of overtaken it. But Kenny Pickett's the favorite right now at plus 500. Traylon Burks and Drake London, receiver for Tennessee now. And then, obviously, the receiver for Atlanta are tied for second at plus 750. Christian Watson at plus 800, I think, is interesting because he has one of the best quarterback situations. Brees Hall at plus 900. I think it's rare that they give it to running backs, and I don't know if I believe in that. Is it rare they give it to running backs? I don't know. How often do they give it to running backs? It's pretty often. Okay. Maybe I'm high. Sky Moore at plus 1,000. I don't know if I love that. It's mouse to feed in that offense. And Garrett Wilson at plus 1,000. Chris Olave at plus 1,000. Everything after that is kind of long shot bets. Who is, who's your guy here? Who do you like if you're betting? I, I think Pickett would be the guy I'd bet on. At least sprinkle a unit on just because he's the only quarterback that is really like probably expected to start. But maybe you don't even – because if he gets named the starter, those odds are going to move. Because right now it, there is some conversation around Mitchell Trubisky potentially starting. If he gets named the starter and there's no other quarterbacks in this class even starting – He's going to be like plus 300, plus 200 to win this thing. So I think getting just a unit on it right now at plus 500, if you feel like he's going to start, is where I bet I'd lean. But what about non-quarterback bets? My favorite one is Brees Hall at plus 900. Okay. That one's – he's just going to get the volume. I mean, so from 20 – so we had four straight years from 2015, 2018. Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, Tremont oh, wow. and Alvin Kamara tied, I guess. And then Saquon Barkley. Four straight running backs won it. Truthfully, over the past, like – decade and a half it's probably running backs won as many as much as any other position quarterback and running back looks like is where quarterback running back is your yeah. value so Brees Hall plus 900 behind like some of those wideouts I think it's very good value if you're going to go a little deeper down I think Chris Olave at plus a thousand just because we build him as this NFL ready guy and he's going to an offense that's going to pass you know with James Winston like he's going to get volume in that offense I would think because it's going to be even thrown to him or Michael Thomas. It's not going to be thrown to Taysom effing Hill, you know. Like, there's not a lot of other options. So, it's one of those two. So, obviously, Alvin Kamara, too. But that's why I'd like for going deeper down, wider, like, of, of all the top wide receiver odds here, that one I probably like the most. 
maybe Christian Watson just because the red zone stuff. Rodgers, I mean, had James Jones lead the league in touchdowns one time, so that will happen. The sneaky one I kind of like is David Bell, though, plus 3,500. Wow. Big long shot. But I think if they don't re-sign Jarvis Landry, he's number two there, I think. You know? He'd be their number two wide receiver, and he's NFL ready from the slot. I think he can replace some of what Landry did. Now, we obviously think he's super limited and maybe not going to put up you know, 1,200 yards, but he could put up an Amon Ross St. Brown type of season where he's just, you know, 8, 10 catches down the stretch like Amon Ross St. Brown did just because slot production is just different. I think the long shot on Ritter at plus 1,400 is interesting because I think of the guys that weren't drafted Mm -hmm. in round one, he has a chance to start against Marcus Mariota. And then I I like the Brees Hall more, the pick more after looking back and seeing how often running back has won the award. And I think the other one I'd probably – Sprinkle on maybe Kenneth Walker for that same reason. Just I know they have Rashad Penny, but Chris Carson, that injury sounds like it's bad. Like he might not be playing at all this year. And if Chris Carson's out and they have Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker, maybe there's some opportunity. Rashad Penny's goat though. The fucking is the goat. San Diego State Ledge. No, Brees Brees is the one. If I'm gonna bet one of these odds, Brees at plus nine hundred. Fair enough. If I'm gonna bet one of these odds, I'm going Kenny Pickett plus five hundred. It's the favorite and I get that, but still five to one right now. Only quarterback in the first round. He might not even start, but if he does, I think those odds are going to change. All right, defensive rookie of the year. Let's read the market here. Favorites, Aiden Hutchinson, plus 450, but he's not a significant favorite. Kayvon Thibodeau right there at plus 500. Then Trayvon Walker at plus 600. Jermaine Johnson at plus 800. Devin Lloyd at plus 800. Quay Walker at plus 800. Kyle Hamilton at plus 800. If you are choosing between those four plus 800 bets, between Hamilton, Lloyd, Walker, and Johnson, I don't know how you bet Hamilton. It's so rarely given to safeties. You have to have so many picks. I don't. I don't think plus eight hundred yeah. for him is good. Now then, there's Derek Stingley Jr. at plus a thousand, Ahmad Gardner at plus a thousand. I think after that, you're betting on long shots. The last safety win was 1990. That's insane. So I think the linebackers have value. Quay Walker more so than Devin Lloyd because I believe in that defensive line in front of Quay Walker more than I do Jacksonville. Yeah. If I was going to bet a linebacker, I'm going Walker. And if I'm going to bet one of these edges, I'd pick the one with the best secondary, right? And that one's tough because the Giants secondary could be losing James Bradbury. The Jets secondary did add talent with the Sauce Gardner, but I don't know. And then with Walker, I don't love what the Jags have on the back end either. So it's tough. I don't know where I'm going here. But I think, if honestly, if I was going to bet one, it'd probably be Quay Walker at plus 800. Because really? tackles, tackles. It's all. If you want defense rookie of the year, they have to have the most sacks, the most tackles, right? And it'll, I think it'll be tough between Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Walker to see who ultimately has the most sacks. And I don't love the back end for Detroit yet. It's a young one. For Quay Walker, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to play and, and, and could eventually you know, be the leader in tackles here. I'm surprised, truthfully, that you're going that route because I'm going Nate Hutchinson plus 450, dude. That, to me, is the best bet of any of these. To me, talent still wins out in the... D-Roy conversation. They don't necessarily just look at sacks for this award. It's still, if guys are making an impact, it gets, especially on the defensive line, it gets noticed. To me, that's Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, I, he's the most NFL already. He was great last year. I don't see any reason why he doesn't yeah. come in and isn't a plus defensive end. When so when betting on anyone else to come in in this class and really be an impact, especially like Kayvon Thibodeau, especially Trayvon Walker, especially some of these other defensive linemen, to make like a serious impact, I just don't foresee it happening. I'm overthinking it. I think you're right. Plus 450 for Aiden Hutchinson. Do it. Aiden, and then if not, I I like the Quay shout-out over Devin Lloyd, despite, you know, obviously Lloyd being higher on the PFF board. And if I'm going to go corner, I'd lean sauce just because the scheme fit. He could come in and have like 10, 15 pass breakups as a rookie. It wouldn't surprise me. 
it's interesting. It's not as clear. Last year, we were having these conversations like Micah Parsons or nothing. Right. <laughs> and Micah Parsons, like, dominated. Even what, man, Micah Parsons was such a value. He was all plus year 210, long. I think, open the season or something. And he was even, like, week 10. He already had, like, 10 sacks and was only, like, minus 200. And it's like he had to, he had to get injured that week for him not to win it. And even then, because there's no talent defensively, there's no one else coming to the table. So that one was, that was a layup last year. All righty. I want to get some over-unders. So they don't have it for every position, but they do have sacks and receiving yards for some of the top players drafted. I don't want to do sacks. Sacks is stupid. Let's do receiving yards. Though. Sacks is Aiden. Can I just read the market? Yeah, let's hear it. Sacks is Aiden Hutchinson's sack season long is eight and a half, and it's juiced to the over at minus 145. They're banking on nine sacks last year. I'm that's, sick. That's like an easy underplay. No, that's I know. Just, just, that's, yeah, like, yeah. that's purely like Lions fans getting a little hot and bothered after they draft him. <laughs> like, he's going over. Dude, he's going to do gets it. gets 10, like nine, 10 sacks next year. I guess it that's, is 17 games, though, now. So that's a half sack a game. But even still. Would be a like, lot. I mean, you miss five I also games. Think like, the, you, like any minor injury, and all, and you're not getting eight and a half sacks. The Lions, you know? yeah, the injury. That's the thing with season totals that, that doesn't get discussed enough. It's like injuries kill them. You know, if Drake yeah. London gets hurt for two games, his season total gets blasted. Exactly. Like, you're, like all of them are forecasting like 17-game seasons in a way. Mm-hmm. For Aiden, what's interesting is that they're going to be losing a lot of games. And so a lot of passing situations to get sacks. All well, right. Not as much. I had the over on their win total. So. Oh. All right. Receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Chris Olave, 719 and a half. Drake London. Over. You like, like it over? Over. I'm going over as well. I think he's going to be the number two in that offense. Mm-hmm. Easily. Mm-hmm. Drake London, 764 and a half, the most, the second most of any receiver in this class. This one's tough. That one's very tough because where else are they going to go? You got Kyle it's Pitts. Pitts. It's Pitts. Zacchaeus they like. Okay. Well, they're the only ones. So, ah, oh man, that one's so tough. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I like I'm over. Gonna... I like over. Garrett Wilson, 749.5. I kind of like under. It's a good receiving I really core. like under. It's, good re- core. it's not because Garrett Wilson's not good, but like you compare that to the Falcon situation, they have Cal Pitts and no one else. Mm-hmm. Where Chris Olave has Michael Thomas and no one else. And Michael Thomas has struggled to stay healthy. With Wilson, it's like you got Elijah Moore and Corey Davis all still playing there. Braxton Berrios. Who, Braxton Berrios, who they like just one of resigned. Zach Wilson's favorites, targets. I, just, I think it's going to be one, he's got a tough path to actual playing time. You know, like. Those Elijah Moore and Corey Davis are probably going to be starting over him out the gate. And then, two, like Zach Wilson already has guys that, like, you know, he's kind of developed a rapport with. Yeah, I, I could see that. I like the under for that one. I want to say so the next one here is Jahan Dotson at 709 and a half. I want to say under for a handful of reasons. They have Terry McLaurin, they have Deami Brown, and the other reason, they have Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah. Carson Wentz's butt. And Jahan Dotson, though he plays bigger than he is, is still small. And when you have a quarterback that's not very accurate with the football, I think there's going to be some concerns. Yeah. And there's going to be adjustment to this offense. Like I'm as, I, I feel so bad about how I've talked about the Jahan Dotson pick because I like him as a player. He was a top 50 player on, in this draft mm-hmm. for me. I just don't like where they picked him, and I don't like the situation he's in. Carson Wentz is cheap. This is the he- most heavily juiced one to the under right now. True. Minus 130 to under 709. And it's the lowest. Yeah, I I like the under for that one as well. (laughs) Last one. He's projected now to lead this rookie class in receiving yards by a lot. It's Traylon Burks, 869 and a half. I'm going under 869 and a half. I know he's coming in and and there's obviously a lot of vacated targets there with A.J. Brown, but like that's a lot for a rookie receiver that wasn't even the, what was he, wide receiver five in this class where he was drafted? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't six. know. Wide receiver six? Right. It was yeah. Yeah, London, Wilson, Olave, Williams, Dotson, then Burks. That's a lot. And I know the situation's good because there's not a lot of other good receivers there now, but, man, that'd be crazy if he gets that high. Yeah, I'm leaning under, too. That, that's just – They also have Robert Woods. Like, all of these rookie wide receivers, you know, pretty much rookie anything. It sounds great on paper, and then it, it just takes a little longer for the vast, vast majority of rookies to get going then – you think there just is this big transition um like even last year there just were not like after that top group that we were saying is like this incredibly nfl ready group of the jamar chase jalen wild Devontae smith that i said those were three receivers better than anyone in this class only one other receiver in last year's class would have hit any of these props on the over and that's i'm ross St. brown oh my gosh we got I, breaking news oh what we got it's. Are you ready for it? Quinn just dropped it in tailgate. The channel. WWLT, Cincinnati. New cocktail bar with food coming to the banks. Filson. What's it called? Called Filson Queen City. Is it going to be good? That's the one that they're building. Is it going to be good? It better be. The bar will be quote unquote vibrant, high energy cocktail bar with a food component. And it's got a roof patio. It looks. It looks hot. And it's in the primest. Locate like primus location that you can get in the city right now. It's like right overlooking the river, right between the baseball and the football stadium. I, I, it better second. open soon. When does it say it's going to open? Wait a second. It's owned by the same company as Stretch. Oh, 4EG. Okay, that's big. That's making place. That's good. Stretch is the best bar in Stretch Cincy. is the best bar in Cincy. We got a chance here. Stretch and We roast have it. a chance. The end of this article, the group plans to open the bar in early fall. Here we go, Cincinnati. Here we go. We need to get like a gator session at Rosedale. I love that. Over the summer sometime. Let's like get a call out. We need, before we do that, we obviously have a national audience because we talk about the national okay, league. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to say, we need like, we need like a Google form. Say how many people would show up to like, <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, it'd be rough. If it was like, yeah, let's do it. Sounds great. We get fucking decked out. We buy a bunch of hats and we get things rolling. Then we show up and there's like two people yeah. there. I think we, we get it. We get a Google form out who all would show up, whatever, pick what, the best event. Pick, you, pick the even best if day. no one shows up, we come back on the pod and we just lie. Oh, true. We're just like, true. it was a sender. True. You guys oh my God. It. People were doing shots off of, People's butts. It was insanity. It was all dudes' butts. Yeah. All guys. <laughs> it was gator butt shots. Good name for the pod. All right. Uh, that's it for the over-unders. You said you don't want to do sacks. A lot of juice on the over for Aiden Hutchinson, though. This last piece I was excited to do. Ranking the situations of the second-year quarterbacks in the NFL. See. And I want Davis Mills included I, in I this. was excited. Oh, yeah, Davis Mills. Okay, we can include Davis Mills. I was excited, too, but then I went through it, and I was like, this order creates itself. Honestly, you think I don't, there just didn't seem like much debate. All right, you do you do yours, and then I'll do mine, and I'll tell you if there is a debate. I have a little bit of a hot take here. Okay, so I go agree with you. And number, or I don't want to tell you. Okay, I go one Trey Lance. Okay, two Zach Wilson. Okay, three Mac Jones. But there's a gap a little bit, a gap after Wilson. I go four Davis Mills. Ooh, the neck. And then five, Trevor Lawrence, six, Justin Fields. And Justin Fields, there's a big gap. But the reason I like Davis Mills, and I think I could get flamed for this because everyone wants to, like, love on the Jacksonville Jaguars situation. Would you rather have Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, John Mechie, and one of Philip Dorsett, Chris Conley, or Chris Moore? Or would you rather have Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, 
Marvin Jones, and then one of Laquan Treadwell, LaVisca Chanel Jr., or Jamal Agnew. It's closer you than you think. Laquan like that? It's closer than you think. Laquan. So receiving core-wise, yeah, I might be with you there. And now Brandon Cooks like, did Because the Evan Texans Ingram. have a good receiver. Yeah. You're like, hands down, no doubt about it, Brandon Cooks is sick. The Jags don't. They don't have any guy where it's like, that's a dude. Now, I also the jet the Jaguars two through four is better than the Texans two through four, but yeah, but not significant. But Nico could take a step forward, and mm-hmm. John Metchie could, after the ACL, be solid. So, yeah. And I, then I you don't even look at the offensive line: Cam Robinson, left tackle, who is not graded well for us. Yeah. Ben Barch did not grade well as a rookie. He's going to take a step. They have a r- rookie half. center probably here, and Luke Fortner, Brandon Scherf comes in. That's a big upgrade. You'd love to see it. Give them a gold star. Juwan Taylor. Brandon Linder was great. It's not going to be an upgrade. But then they have Scherf, though. Scherf's a good player. Scherf's, oh, Scherf's, yeah, yeah. But then we look at the Texans. They grab Kenyon Green, who maybe you don't like him, but I think can start wide right as guard. Then they have Laramie Tunstall, who I think is a solid left tackle. Titus Howard, whether they're playing right tackle, right guard's good. And then A.J. Can. Maybe the Jags. A.J. Can away from the Jags. Maybe the Jags are a better offensive line. But again, I don't think the discrepancy is as big as it's been billed as, right? I don't think that. I think Trevor Lawrence is objectively the better freaking. Yeah. Uh, quarterback prospect, but the situations are not all that dissimilar, I, despite how much the Jags have spent on Kirk and Zay Jones and all that shit. Yeah, I think we can clearly tier this, though, as Trey Lance Eckwills mm-hmm. is in tier one of idyllic situa- idyllic? idealist situations. Idyllic. And then Mac Jones is in his own tier two of situations because he has good O-line, okay receiving core, no... No real holes in that receiver. The coaching staff, too. I think coaching staff matters. That, too. And then the clear third tier is Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Justin Fields, put in whatever order you want. Yes. Not whatever you already want. Justin Fields is dead last in that, in my opinion. But in where it's objectively needs to get better, mm-hmm. has to get better if you want to compete for a Super Bowl. You're not winning a Super Bowl with that right now. Is is kind of like where that tier is at. The other two, the other three, excuse me, are capable of winning a Super Bowl should your quarterback elevate you those three are just they're flat out not they're yeah. just not right the and, and a lot of it too is again the consistency on the sidelines right trey lance zach wilson mac jones all have consistency yeah. from their rookie seasons trevor lawrence everything's new davis mills everything's new justin fields everything's new like that does not help anybody right so i'm yeah. i'm worried about those three in terms of how they take the, i mean how they're going to be viewed and how they take the step forward whereas the top three they have less excuses to take these steps forward all Fewer. right last thing here fun to read and save your likes Let's go through these. I am excited. Fun to read, but we didn't get to Monday. First one, do we have the video of the the, the Russell Wilson call, Quinn? Because it's incredible. All right. Let's go. Cue up this video because it speaks for itself. Hello? Hey, Russ. Uh, George Payton with the Denver Broncos. Yeah? But hey, we're getting ready to pick you at number nine. Uh, you're going to be a Denver Bronco. Oh, George, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's so excited, man. So so excited to be a Denver Bronco. Can't wait to get you here, get you with our with our group, get you with our coaches. Uh, we're fired up to have you. What a gift. Yeah, fired up. Fired up to be a Bronco. I'll see you soon. Broncos country. Let's ride. All right. Why can't Russ just like why I can't he not be cringe? He's you know? corny, man. It's so it's like a the idea is fine. The execution is just something about Russ. Just gives you shivers down your spine. I, it's weird. It's really weird. And you've had, <laughs> we've had conversations off air about Russ Wilson, and, <laughs> like and friends that you have who's play, played with him. It's weird. It's weird. The Mister Unlimited stuff is weird. When he was doing the fake, like 
like huddle shit before yeah. the games when he was hurt. That's weird. I also think there's a lot for him that's like for show, right? It feels ingenuine. Because if it's genuine, it's that's really the- weird. If it's ingenuine, it's still weird. Yeah. But I think regardless, you're still in this. I've said weird probably 50,000 times, but it is. It feels just inauthentic. It Any, does. Inauthentic. Nah. Nah. This one's from John McClain, who's a Houston beat writer legend. Covered the – oh, my God. I can't believe this bio's real. He has covered the NFL for the Houston Chronicle for 45 years. Just retired this year. Congratulations. I know he's on the fun legend. read. But congratulations. This one was great, though. He's tweeted. And even better in retrospect. If Hutchinson and Walker are gone, I think the Texans will take the highest rated on their board. Icky Aquanu, Evan Neal, Sauce Gardner, Arkevon Thibodeau. They have pressing needs in offensive line, defensive end, and cornerback, among other positions. So he did not mention Stingley there, despite 45 years of coverage. But well, still tip your cap. I like McLean. But, like, I, this one, I actually put it on here prior to them even drafting Stingley because he's like, I think they'll take the highest rated player on their board. It's like, okay, yeah. But then gives four guys. That is funny. That <laughs> is like, funny. It's like, oh. and then the fact that none of those four ended up being correct was. That's icing on the cake. That got me. That got McClain, me. I hope you have a phenomenal retirement. <laughs> he's a great guy. Have you yeah, met him? He had, a, to be fair, he had retired prior to that tweet. Well, so he's rusty. So he, he's not. He was a fishing not the connections he wants. What do, what do people do? Do you like to fish? No. I'm not. I saw someone ask Benjamin. I have to be. I I can't rest. Yeah, I have to be active. No rest for the wicked. I saw Benjamin Solak, who is a good writer, great writer. I don't know why I'm being. He's sweet on Twitter, and he works for the Ringer. (laughs) Um, He said, "Someone said, what are you going to be doing after the draft?" He said, "With my line in the water on a boat with a beer." And I was like, I couldn't think of what I want to do less. Yeah. I want to be toes in the sand. Lighting it up in some deep beard eye on the well, that, coast that, of Cabo San thing Lucas. Is I, like I have no interest in just sitting doing nothing. That's just same, I don't know what same. it is. Never. And you could me. tell me you're going to pick the biggest fish. I could catch the biggest fish in an hour. I'm like I don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah. Like I don't care. Uh, we probably just killed half our listeners. Although I will say eating fresh fish that you caught is pretty. It's fine. See, I'm fine with that if I know I'm going to catch the fish within like 15 minutes or whatever. Like I don't have time to wait around for this fish. <laughs> All right, this sort of gets ass up here. Courtney Cronin. Bears National Scout, Chris Prescott on Jaquan Brisker. We brought this one up, I think. No, we didn't. Okay. He's a what? What will we call it? A PhD? Poor, hungry, and desperate? Football is his life. This is the kid's life. There's a lot to like about that when you see a guy who's passionate about football. The fact that they have a name for it and how he doesn't realize what he's saying here is ridiculous. He got fired, too. Did he? Yeah, Chris Prescott got fired. Really? I don't know if it's for that comment specifically. And some people were saying that's like part of like the procedural process. It looks like, oh, oh, because the new staff, he was yeah, probably, yeah, okay. yeah, it yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, probably was not related. He's got to go that take that PhD common. shit to someone else. But dude, that you have a name for that. I hate the what you call it in that quote. Yeah. It's like, we call it P, what we call it, PhD. It's just terrible. I don't know if that's his accent either. I don't know if that's anybody's accent. <laughs> All right, this one's from Sharp Football. The second best mustache in sports. The Patriots pick of QB Bailey's happy doesn't bode well for Mac Jones or is just flat out odd. I hate the spacing of this tweet. Yeah. The only time since 1990 a team, this is weird, drafted a top, drafted a QB top 15, then used another pick on a QB in the next year in the top 140. David Carr and David Ragone, Mac Jones, the Bailey's happy. I don't know how I feel about this. It's the most absurd connection to make like there's there's no connection there. I like, David Ragone, screw David Carr I don't know what you're talking <laughs> and about then, and then he also f- completely forgot Kyler Murray and 
Josh Rosen here. True. In this tweet of drafting a QB top 15 and then another top 140 pick the next year. What about Cam Newton, Jimmy Clausen? No, I mean, that was the opposite. Direction. Oh, true, true. So, true. but th- there's no not voting well for Mac Jones. It's just they need a backup. Like, yeah. <laughs> that one was oh, just the to, Doesn't to do bode, that kind the, of. The, the first line of that tweet is the Pat- Patriots pick of Bailey Zappi doesn't bode well for Mac Jones. That's insanity. The 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 research that went into trying to make that connection was Bad. far more than ever needed to go into anything. We don't have a lot on the save your likes here. Um, I do think any tweet on the Ravens draft class was kind of save your likesy because everyone liked it and they drafted a lot of players that people know. I don't know, but this one from Russell Clay, who I do think follows me, he's a friend of the show. NFL fantasy football and NFL draft for fantasy guru site and DFS for elite fantasy Q. NFL draft is very soon. I'm excited. <laughs> that was on, looks like the Tuesday before the draft. Seven likes, so we respect the save. Yeah. Good save. The, the followers did their job there because that that was like Russell Wilson saying he's excited. The, yeah, the, yeah. We, didn't feel the, we didn't feel the excitement from you there, Russell. If you are really going to be excited, we need a little bit more yes. than NFL draft is very soon. I'm excited. I think, I think I've already seen some 2023 draft takes as well that are fun to watch. I think some people are already calling some players like sheer fun to watch. Oh, fun to watch. Which is Savior Likes-esque. Have a take this far. Got to have a take. For once. Got to have a take. All right. I think that's it for this pod. We got to get Quinn out of here. He's got a hard out at six. Thank you all for tuning in live. We did not do do a strip club combo. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to do some. Strip club daycare? Huh? Strip club daycare. Strip club daycare. Yeah. What is a good strip club daycare? Someone... I think you said it. You said minors. That's not good. You can't be doing minors. That's say that. You, I think You're you told me that. Words in we, my mouth. <laughs> no, yeah, no, strip club daycare. I think is the one we want to brainstorm for yeah. uh, as we go forward. But barely legal. That's not bad. It's not bad. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Tailgate. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Appreciate everyone who followed along live and everyone who listens. Next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Tailgate.